Is your product or service stuck in Twitter under what seems like a massive pile of freezing cold snow? Let Overlord Services plow you out and expose this product to the rest of the world. For only $20 for three months of our enhanced service, we will create nifty images with your logo and information and post them on a daily basis. They also have yearly discounted rates. I am a client of Overlord Services. And I do have to say that not only are their services excellent, but they're really nice people. They post up my episodes multiple times per day for all of my shows without fail. And the communication that they have is second to none. I would greatly recommend that you try them out. Head to their shop at co-fi.com slash overlord svcs again that's coffee.com slash overlord services and click on shop below when you purchase their services let them know derek sent you as with every episode of storytellers this episode may contain themes storylines or ideas that may not be safe for work headphones recommended and listener discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Storytellers. My name is Derek, and <laughs> this is a show that is literally built to show you that anyone can tell a story. Um, Storytellers is a combination of the age-old game of telephone and also the art of storytelling. And what I do is I gather uh, between three and four guests uh, to join me, and I draw three cards out of a box. The box is called the Storymatic. I don't want anybody stealing my ideas. But the box is called the Storymatic, and from the Storymatic, I draw three cards. One card will usually have a person definition. The other two cards will have situations. And from those three cards, we build a story. Um, I take the guests' names, and I put them in alphabetical order, and then I put them into a randomizer. And from that randomizer, we begin. The first person uh, has to begin the story. and their segment runs anywhere from four to seven minutes. It can't end. It can't come to a conclu- or can't come to a climax. Uh, they email their segment to me, and then from there, I send their segment out to the second person. The second person hears their segment of the story and continues the story. But again, it can't go to a climax, and it can't end. This is where it gets interesting. The second person sends me their segment and I send their segment and their segment only to the third person. So the third person gets to hear the second person's segment, but not the beginning of the story. And from there, they have to build the story to a climax. And then they send that to me and I send it off to the last storyteller. And the last storyteller has to literally, without hearing any of the beginning half of the story, has to conclude the story. Then we all come together in a Zoom meeting. I, yes, I am not sponsored by them, but I utilize them. So I will say it out loud. We come together on a Zoom call and we listen to the full story. 
and it's always a blast. Before we begin, before I introduce everybody, I do want to say without a shadow of a doubt that this, I, I, I'm not just saying this to reassure Rachel. <laughs> this was one of the greatest stories I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. And, and Go I, us. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying this now because I know Rachel, who was the person who began the story was extremely worried about how the story was going to turn out. Um, she's never been a storyteller. She has been on podcasts before. Uh, she's been on single simulcast with me. She's been on sin and solace and she's been on a podcast that her, that her husband hosts. Um, but she's never actually been one in her own words to be a storyteller. So I wanted to look you directly in your eyes, Rachel, and tell you from the bottom of my heart, thank you. The story that you began sparked off one of the most unique styles of story that I've ever heard. <laughs> and I am so excited for the listeners and for y'all to hear this. Um, but before I begin, I do want to introduce everyone. As I said, we do have Rachel with us. Rachel, um, tell them a little bit about yourself. The floor is yours. Um, hi, my name is Rachel, not Rach. Um, I'm known as at Get Off My Planet on Twitter. Um, been around, been on lots and lots of podcasts. I had my own for a while, a long, long time ago, um, close to when Derek and I first met when he was just Rashani. Um, and uh, <laughs> now I don't have a regular podcast that I'm on, but my husband does have one. It's called um, The Wormhole Manifest. I uh, also check it out um, about mental health and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't really have anything to push. Uh, I'm on TikTok. I've started to pick that up again now that I'm sitting in my car warming it up in the cold weather. Um, so I have time to sit and listen and watch and make. Um, but anyways, I'm at Get Off My Planet. My name is Rachel, not Rach. And um, that's me. Hi. I, I don't usually toot other people's horns. Yeah, I do. I'm pretty good at it. But Rachel also is an artist. Um, she has a company. Her company is called Naughty Gal Crochet. And at any given moment, if you ask nicely, she will create you artwork. Uh, she made uh, myself. Any payment, <laughs> hmm? payment up front. You can't not just asking. You have to actually pay me. Yeah. Yeah. She <laughs> made um, myself, my youngest son and my nephew some wonderful hats and some other things that I will always treasure. So whenever she says that, you know, I don't have a lot to say about myself, that's when I say a lot for her. Um, <laughs> the second, <laughs> you know, I got you. The second voice um, is someone that I, I met on Twitter. And then we actually got together and did a show that y'all have heard here on the Storytellers Network. Um, it was called Fuck Around and Find Out, uh, 20 Questions with Emily. Um, Emily, I love does, that name. That's the best, right? Emily's an <laughs> awesome <fun>. name. <laughs> <laughs> well done, love Emily. <laughs> um, so we, she's just such a dynamic person. It's such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person overall. Uh, Emily, tell them something about yourself, and tell them, please. I'm not even going to say it out loud. Tell them the name of your show. I will stand back and let everybody else be in goddamn awe uh, 
of this awesomeness. <laughs> the floor is yours. Uh, I love how much you love the title of my show. Hi, I'm Emily Edwards, and I am the host of a podcast called Fuck Boys of Literature. We are a weekly book podcast about the most toxic people in literature, and uh, it runs the gamut from 400 pages of Victorian sadness to stuff that's on bestseller lists right now. Uh, yeah, we are currently on hiatus, but uh, we'll be back soon with more, more fun stuff. I'm also a writer, so I could couldn't uh, not take this opportunity to to add to a collective story because there's nothing more fun. Uh, and my mystery novel is actually coming out later this year. Really? That's awesome. That's that amazing. So cool. Maybe I'm you looking, can be on my podcast. Right. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say you could be on her podcast, and I need you to sign a waiver for me to read your shit on my podcast. Oh, absolutely. I, I solemnly swear to be much nicer about your book than I am about. <laughs> everybody else's don't care have fun (laughs) because you're a friend um now next on the list wait what's the name of the book it's not set in stone so that's the only reason why i haven't uh said the name of it even though it is coming out it's it's working title novella working title is called viviana valentine gets her man it's a 1950s historical mystery novel oh oh okay the last 19 something mystery that I read was Walter Mosley's Easy Rollins series. Ooh, yeah. Which I love. Mouse is like the best thing in the world. I will never read it on Ratchet Book Club because I don't think I can do Mouse justice. Yeah. But, oh my God. Like, okay, so Rachel, you know Sin and Silas, right? Mouse was one of the inspirations for Silas. Let's just put it like that. Okay. <laughs> now, the next person up on the list also has an amazing named podcast and is one of the hosts of said amazing podcast. Liz, go ahead and tell us something about yourself. Tell us something about the show. The floor is yours. Um, my name's Liz, and I co-host Talking Shitterture podcast with my sister Misty. Um, we're pretty new. I think we started around like the end of July or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really fun. It's been like one of the best things that I've ever done. And I'm so glad that we did it because my life pretty much otherwise revolves around um, 16 hour work days and taking my kids to cheer and baseball. So I needed an outlet. Basically. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 16 um, hour days. That's crazy. Our- we need criminal background checks. And since COVID has kind of it kind of came to an end so like hiring has gone up so mm. we've been checking a lot of names uh wow. yep okay i feel that i was i was curious <laughs> for a second and now i'm just sad that i asked because i know that a yours is an industry that'll never fucking die and b <laughs> your numbers are never gonna go down like they will only go up like pretty soon you're gonna be like i'm doing 18 hour days <laughs> 18 hour days and um no health insurance but Oh, oh man. I have so many questions. I run an organization that does criminal background checks. I, uh, yeah? So yeah, so I have all these, but that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, so we'll yeah. do that later. Yeah. <laughs> that might be at the fuck my work life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the the now now Jeff, Jeff is the 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 final and and one of the uh well last but not least we have jeff and jeff has an excellent podcast and i want him to talk about the podcast but i also want to ask jeff did you mean to say that in the captain kirk voice i tried but i'm not i I can't i'm just not that good when i try to do that 
I, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> I already blew it. I already, I already blew it. <laughs> no, I'm a huge nerd on this. Like, I, I feel so bad. Everyone's like this literature, you know, like a great writer and artist. Nerds. And okay, cool. That's I, I, feel I am bad not about. like qualified to do my podcast <laughs> at all. <laughs> Well, I'm just, uh, so I'm literally wearing a, a Star Trek shirt surrounded by Star Trek memorabilia. I run, I'm the host of the Starfleet Leadership Academy, where I watch an episode of Star Trek. I pull out all the leadership lessons, communications, management, Lean Six Sigma, all that good nerdy stuff. And I teach it in the podcast based on the episode that I just watched. That is the most that- fucking unique podcast I've ever heard of next oh. to this shit right here. <laughs> So I was running a meeting years ago, and it was just the same meeting over and over and over again, right? If you've ever worked in the corporate world, you know what I'm talking about, right? And I was just finally, I got mad. I'm like, damn it. I want meetings like Captain Kirk has meetings, right? Issue, discussion, decision, action. That's all I want. And then like the light went off in my head, and I'm like, oh my God, are there seriously, like, could I run a company based on this stuff? And and yeah, you can, it turns out. (laughs) (laughs) um, I've never given this before. This is literally the first time in Storytellers or Ratchet Book Club or any of my show's history. I would like to offer you, good sir, the Gwen Stefani Award for innovation because that shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. And I encourage everybody to check this out. We actually. Um, not on the last episode of Storytellers, but on the one prior to that, the Ant God, we had a young um, person. Uh, their name is Mia, and um, they are a Trekkie, like huge Trekkie. And they let me know that on the show that I'm currently watching, Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. that's how they found out the Vulcans have two dicks. The Klingons. Wait, yes, Klingons. Yeah, Klingons, Klingons got have two. two dicks. Um, spoiler alert. Yeah, seriously. Derek, that's yeah, big. That was a big thing. Spoiled. Where did Discovery go? <laughs> Where nobody's gone before. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. In both halls of the same. Sorry. Um, that was never mentioned in any of the, like, the novelizations. Like, no. Like 400 page long. Like, yeah. Nope. First time. First time. Okay. Who knew? Who knew? Somebody was like, fuck it. What we're going to do is we're going to, and, and this is according to Mia, who has watched religiously, and I trust them implicitly. Uh, somebody was walking through a place, and a Klingon was pissing against a wall, and she noticed there were two streams. Yep. So honestly, let's be fair. Two dicks or like really bad stream, right? Stream. We've yeah. had that. Those mornings, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So maybe. Yeah. yeah. As you get old. Yeah. I yeah. have one where um, I was simultaneously <laughs> pissing into the toilet and into the trash can. Yeah. And that was. That's an experience, right? That's this a... is why as you get older men, this is this is Derek. Hi. Hi. It's me. Um, Come close. Listen, this is just for men. Ladies, earmuffs. Uh, guys, sit the fuck down when you pee. Okay. Right. Because. um. As you get older, there's no goddamn reason why you need to stand up and risk pissing all over the back of the toilet, the wall, the fucking garbage can, the floor, while you try and cross the fucking streams like it's Ghostbusters so you can piss in the goddamn toilet. Just sit the fuck down and play on your phone. I'm never cleaning my bathroom ever again. My husband can clean the bathroom from now on. He will never never tell you. He will literally, I piss in the trash can and walk out like morning, baby. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. She can smell it. She knew. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm like, that I have the best stinks. news in the family. <laughs> it's, it's it's wild, and I don't want to go too deep into it. But there's a moment where you realize, you know what? This isn't a one time thing. This is like a, a thing thing. And I'm gonna just sit down and play video games in the morning, um, and, and every other time. And then you realize it's, it's way more relaxing. Like, ugh, why have I been standing all this time? What the fuck? I don't understand why men stand. Anyways, it's way easier to just sit. And Unless you're like camping, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. See, <laughs> yeah, my my brother uh, went camping. We went camping once, and he actually sat in poison ivy. Well, oh, I wow. take that back. He didn't sit in poison ivy. That's 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 a lie. That's a he lie. Wiped with it. He wiped with poison. Oh ivy. no, no. Yes. He wiped his ass with poison ivy. <laughs> oh yeah, I know your brother. Yeah, <laughs> Itchy Johnson. <laughs> so, um, as y'all can see, we are literally in for a great time today. And I want to let y'all know that the cards that I drew are only given to Rachel. So Rachel was the only person who knew what the story was supposed to be about until right now. The order of the story was Rachel... Emily, Liz, and then Jeff closed it out. And Sorry, Jeff. I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm terrified. I, I'm terrified that you're all are good. Yeah, I, I took it. I took a turn. So. And the cards <laughs> that were pulled were, I'm so proud of this. Zombie, pulled over by police, and violin. Those are the three cards that Rachel had to work with. Okay. And Jeff, knowing how it ended. How many of those storylines were still involved in the story when it got to you? You know, this might be aging me a bit, but Meatloaf said that two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that one out of three isn't that bad either. <laughs> it's not. It's totally not. <laughs> Especially with this story. Like, fuck. Like, God damn. Like, oh, my God. It was perfect. Like, I don't have enough cuss words to really explain it. So, since and I, I even remember now because I, I think I think Liz, you had at least two still alive in there. And I know I killed one of them now, so <laughs> so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm responsible for one one card murder. Technically, Emily killed one. Yeah, of them. I did. I okay. killed one. <laughs> okay, so we all we we all have, we we've got it. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but before we say anything, be, well, before we do anything else, let's go ahead and let's listen to Rachel's segment of the story which opened this all up and again rachel look me in my eye when i say this literally broke the fucking mold for storytellers like this style if this was on accident i want to be on a i i will almost made a joke about being an accident and that's not funny not because like your parents love you all very much um <laughs> like i was careening over a cliff mm, mm. well let's see what happens um, with no further ado, here's the opening to the story by Rachel. There was a time in my life when I would do anything. I would do anything to make people like me. I thought I could do that, make people like me. But I realized as I grew older, you can't make people do anything. So let me tell you this story of one time I really tried really hard and I almost won. I almost got them to like me. I had a teacher in school, he was a band director actually, and he was such a freaking grump. I I started out band, and I was playing the flutophone. You ever heard of the flutophone? It's like a plastic clarinet, and if you blow too hard it just squeaks. It's really horrible, actually. 
So I decided that that's really horrible and I should learn a new instrument. And the instrument that always drew my attention, that I always admired, was the violin. It's so neat and the sound is so beautiful and clear and and just pure that I just I wanted to do that. So I thought if I could get this grouchy ass band director to teach me how to play the violin, maybe he'd like me because he'd teach me and I'd pick it up real easy and I'd just be this amazing player. And so I went and I rented a violin and I signed up for after school classes and that band director was impressed that I wanted to learn the violin. So I brought with me my beat up rented violin after school for the first class and there he was all grumble face and grumpy behind his desk and he's like alright show me how to hold it and I said I have no clue Mr. Band Director, sir, I've never picked up a violin before I rented this one. You gotta show me, but I bet you I'm gonna be amazing. And he looked at me. And he smiled. And I thought, oh, hey, this is great. He's smiling at me. And then he started laughing, and he told me to get the hell out of his band room. And, well, I almost, I got a smile. He almost liked me. It was great. So I left, put my violin in the case, and was very angry at myself for even trying. Went out to the parking lot and got in my little car, Samantha, and I peeled out of that stupid parking lot, and I threw the violin out the window. No, just kidding, I didn't throw the violin out the window. I would have had to pay for it because it was a rental. So I'm driving along, really angry at myself for trying. What a stupid thing to try. And I'm, whoops. Blew a red light. Oh my god, are those lights I see in my mirror? I guess I should pull over. Pulled over by the cops. This is just freaking great. What am I going to tell my mom? This, this is her car. I mean, you know, technically it's hers. I'm borrowing it because she she works at home and doesn't need her car. But anyways, so here I am on the side of the road. Stupid violin over there laughing at me. Cop coming up, swaggering with his stupid sunglasses. and <sighs> Ma'am, do you know why I pulled you over? Um, I think you're supposed to tell me, officer. Uh, we don't need the attitude, miss. Alright, I'm sorry, sir. Um, I think it's because I blew that red light. That's right, can I see your license and registration? Uh... Can I reach over there and get it? It's in my backpack. Yeah, sure. Come on. So, get the stupid license and registration, hand it to the wonderful officer, and sit there. And sit there. And sit there. Why is it taking so long? Aren't you just writing something? What do you... I'm 17 years old. Do you think there's anything up there that you can find about me? Whoa. Whoa. Do you, I see, there's headlights barreling down on us. It's in the middle of the day. Why are there headlights on? This car has come flying up the hill. And it just smashes right into the cop car. And I'm like, whoa, what in the hell is happening here? And then out stumbles a flippin' zombie. 
Can you even believe it? Nope. I cannot flip and believe it. Rachel, tell them what you were thinking when you wrote that goddamn masterpiece. I need to know right now. The the people fucking demand it. She's muted. You're muted, kiddo. Well, I really do want to learn how to play the violin, and I do like to make people like me, but I also know they, I can't. And it was totally off the cuff, and it was like my 10th try. I had started and deleted like so many times I was getting Wait, you didn't hard. write this? But... Exactly! That's what I'm wondering! Right? What? <laughs> <laughs> no. oh I just threw it out there and made That's it all crazy. <laughs> Nuts. So, really? <laughs> so, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Storytelling comes in very many forms. One is a group of people who write their shit down, and I applaud y'all for being able to do so. And then there are people who can literally go off the dome and create this type of masterpiece. And you had the nerve to be worried about this shit. <laughs> I was still worried. I was still worried. I'm like, well, it's a complete something. It's five minutes. Okay. So I was like, she's doing really good size in the right places. Right? It's like a, she's reading it so well, it doesn't even sound like she's reading it. So natural. <laughs> when I heard the rumble face, I lost it. It was like the perfect description because we all knew exactly who you were talking about. And Emily, you were mouthing the last sentence along with her. That was awesome. Oh my God. So here's what happens. Here's how here's how magic happened. I'm going to, I'm going to explain to y'all alchemy before I explain alchemy though, Jeff being the last person to close out the story, being the last person who never heard the beginning of the story. What do you think you're Dude. ending without spoiling anything? So I panicked for a second, like that first level. I'm like, Oh wow, this really took a turn, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think, I think this, I think there might be a lot. I, I think we might have a cohesive story here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry that I'm so fucking gleeful about this, but I know what happens next and I want to Okay, so um Okay, let me explain to y'all a little thing called alchemy Alchemy is the creation of gold and I don't know how it fucking works I just <laughs> wanted to just say it. That... it to you, but I don't know it Right? I just <laughs> I'm not even going to try and mansplain shit. I'm just going to say that literal storytelling alchemy occurred when the story got passed from Rachel to fucking Emily. And Emily, we're going to get to you in a second. <laughs> but now that y'all have all heard the beginning, Liz, what are your thoughts on it? I think we did good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to turn. I'm anxious to see what Jeff did with it because, as you stated, my ending was a little devious. <sighs> so I left Jeff with, like, in a kind of sticky situation. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to, I can't wait to hear Jeff's part because now we've heard the first part. I know Emily's part. I know my part. I can't yeah. wait to see where Jeff took it. <sighs> so, with no further ado. Let's go ahead and get the, the second part of the story brought to you by Emily. The zombie attacks suddenly 
and without warning. Wait. Also, no, before we get to Emily's part, <laughs> sorry, I fucking lied. Wait, my bad. So, Rachel, one thing that you did that was fucking incredible, you used no names. Oh, none. None. Wow. Yeah. I freaked out. <laughs> you used no names. You like this. You want to know why I use no names? Yeah. Um, several tries before I had used the name, but like I forgot my name the second yep. time I used the name. Yep. So, <laughs> no names. I, I know <laughs> as, as somebody who writes their stories, I or somebody who um, freestyles their stories, I know that struggle. What <laughs> I do, and I, I, I don't want to tell you this because I don't want to fuck up your magic going forward. But I write down the names as I say them. Yeah, I so wrote it down I... for the last time, the actual recording that I sent. And then I decided I didn't even use it. But if I was going to use a name, I had it written down. <laughs> oh, God. Like the fact that you didn't use names, the way that you literally. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm just going to I'm going <laughs> to give Rachel her flowers right now, uh, because, again, she was really fucking nervous about this shit. Um, you're so good. And yeah. Rachel, the story that you told right now, <laughs> you embodied. I felt like this was being told by a 17 year old girl. I felt it to the very core. When you said she was 17, I was like, that's fucking it. That makes sense. Like all this shit makes sense. The, the, the violin, the fucking grumble face cop, all of it makes sense. The I'm renting a car for my mom. <laughs> Because she works from home, like she didn't need it. <laughs> pitch, pitch. Okay, so with names, work. I have this problem where I I associate too many things with names, and names are super hard. Like Emily, if you're writing a book, you just wrote the book already. Like, was names not one of the hardest things to come up with? It is. It's they are fully the hardest thing to do because you always know someone with the name, or if you're going route like out in left field, like, and then you change names and you forget what you said or who is who. It's horrible. So, like Norman is the name Norman. I went to school in fourth grade with a Norman who smelled (laughs) awful. So now Norman stinks to me, right? (laughs) So like every there's all the names have that to me. So I ended up um the names we end up with are like me and my husband and our best friends. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Yep. I'm on the lookout for it. I apologize okay. to them ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with it's no too further, hard. With no further ado, now let's get into Emily's section. The zombie attacks suddenly and without warning. I'm kidding. That's a line I've always wanted to use, and it felt like the right place here, but it's entirely inaccurate. This zombie was an old-fashioned zombie, not one of those new-fashioned zombies, the kind that run. I'm telling you, and if you check the tape, there has to be tape. If you check the tape, there was plenty of warning. The car crash, for starters... The zombie trying to figure out how to unbuckle his seatbelt. The ding, ding, ding of a car door left open with the keys still in the ignition. The moaning. You wouldn't think they would moan because moaning requires breathing, but they do moan. I was as surprised as anyone. 
and they walk hella slowly. This zombie was more of the strolling sort, though by all considerations, he must have had a lead foot the way he came over that ridge and smashed the cop car. But I digress. Judging by the state of his putrefaction and that burning rubber of what I later found out were Pirelli Sport Low Pros, that lead foot was left on the gas pedal, emptying the tank as the tires squealed on. Now, let's get another thing on the record. I don't care if it's the walking dead, the running dead, the ambling dead, or the dead doing the goddamn Macarena, I don't stick around to watch. I hit the unlock button on my mom's car door and screamed, get in, out the open window at the cop who, I should add, was still holding my license and registration. But the quick reflexes of law enforcement just weren't enough. I'd like my paperwork back, though, if that's possible, but I understand if it's not. That poor man squirted like a jelly donut when he was bit, but I saw all that from my side view mirror. I've seen movies, and I just saw with the eyes God gave me an undead property developer climb out of his wrecked BMW M3, so I knew not to stick around to find out how fast even the slow zombies could open an unlocked passenger side door. I hit the gas and bolted, and was extremely relieved when I hit 35 and heard the doors auto-lock. I was so nervous, I was shaking, and I felt like I was going to barf. But there's only one thing to do, and one place to go, when you're driving your mom's car at the outbreak of a zombie apocalypse, and that is to your mom's house. Traffic laws be damned, if anyone could fix this, it was the woman who gave birth to me. So I made it home in three seconds flat. Or at least it felt like it. My mom is known around our entire neighborhood as Aunt Patty, and I guess I wasn't the only person who thought Aunt Patty would have the general gumption and know-how to deal with an outbreak of the phantasmagorical. No, my mother already had hatches battened, troops aligned, an infection protocol sussed out. She was standing in the middle of our open concept living dining space with a rapt audience and barely had the chance to mouth hi sweetie to me as she laid out the plan. Near the kitchen, a man was pulling blueprints of federal buildings out of a closet I didn't even know we had and ferrying them to the dining table. It's like my mom had known that this was going to happen, and she had prepped in advance with tactical gear and light snacks. A person I'd never seen before strolled over and slipped an ice-cold LaCroix into my hands that were definitely upturned in the universal sign for what the actual F. Listen, Patty's busy, a voice said. Sip on this. It's going to be the last one you have. For a while. Oh my God. There's such a, you have such a, like a examination of bureaucracy in the beginning there. Like I was just, I was so enraptured. Just like, yeah, that is, that is working with the cops and the man. You're right. They are the slow zombie. (laughs) Oh my God. So 
I'm so mad that I cut out the violin. You have no idea. Oh. <laughs> also, are you an actual car person? Because yeah. my husband listened yeah. to this with me and he was like, what's with the tires? <laughs> <laughs> like, why did she name the tires? You're going to bring the tires back into this? And I was like, I don't know what the fuck a tire is about. So. Right. Like I don't know. <laughs> I love the details. I love the details. Love um, oh, my God. I want to tell y'all about my beloved wife, Nisha. And how she sits enraptured through each of these segments and listens <laughs> to them. Because I go through, if I'm not on the actual show, then I'm editing, you know, because sometimes there are spaces in between where y'all are like thinking. And so there might be more space is needed or uh, you might repeat a phrase or something of that nature. So I edit for time and clarity. But, you know, like they say on the fucking TV, when they show Total Recall, it's made to fit a widescreen. Um, anyways, my wife sat there and we listened to Emily's section. And then she looked at me and she said, play Rachel's again. And I played Rachel's. And then she was like, now play Emily's. And I played Emily's. And she was like, I don't know why that works together as well as it does. Right? So well. But that is literally... That is the equivalent of Dwayne Wade throwing an alley-oop to LeBron James when they were with the Miami Heat. Like, that was artful. That was beautiful. And, Emily, what the fuck were you thinking when you wrote it? I I didn't know what was part of the cards that you pulled. And so I was like, to leave it on a zombie, like, that... That's just rich right there. So <laughs> I, I, you know, I had to make that the focus, obviously, because you can't just go back to violin lessons once there's a zombie walking around. So I was like, all right, what are we going to do here? And I also know that she's like a 17 year old girl and people don't like her. So she's going to walk into this place where her mom has like shit handled. And she's like, that's why I feel inadequate. Cause my mom is like the coolest woman in the neighborhood. Like, and I was so happy you brought it in. Like you mentioned the mom. So like that could be brought in too. Cause I love mother daughter relationships. And that was just like so much fun. It was like the perfect serve of like you know the panic of you're being pulled over by the cops when you're 17 you're not in your car your mom's gonna be mad at you and you're gonna try really hard not to cry and you're you're just because like after this disappointment and then like what's the worst thing that can happen is the cop pulls you over but wait no that's not the worst thing that can happen (laughs) (laughs) i do have to admit when i was 17 my biggest fear was getting a speeding ticket like you we're, and this goes. Y'all needed to do more things at seventeen if that was your biggest fear. Well, 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 Liz. In my defense, I'm black, so getting right. pulled over by the cops at the age of seventeen was literally the scariest shit that could happen to me. And then on top of that, having to tell my mom, "Yeah, not only didn't they kill me, but you're gonna because they gave me a two hundred dollar ticket, and your insurance rates are gonna go through the roof." Mm-hmm real fucking quick like that <laughs> whole that whole line of what could have happened kept me up at night i literally the only ticket i got at the age of 17 and 18 was a ticket for going too fucking slow wow. on the freeway <laughs> because i was behind a cop and i slow it the fuck it down to like right. 27 
I slowed Actually, all the way down. Seven on the highway? On the hi- I was I, I was seventeen. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to get pulled over. Oh I was like, God. you know what? He thought I was, that you were high two. because everyone that <laughs> drives slow is obviously high. I was behind him. I was like, you know, I just want to get space <laughs> and opportunity the between mirror. them, and I don't want to. I don't want to merge. I don't want to merge into the fast lanes. I'm not going there. I'm staying all the way in the right. Plus, I think my tags were expired. So, oh. um. Or they they weren't expired, but you know when you're 17, you're Close like enough. okay, right? It, my tags expired in like August the, the 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 30th, but my tag said August on it, and it was August the 31st, and I was like, oh my god, my tags expired. Now I know the cops will just see the sign that says January and won't know when it expires in January. But then I was like, I need to stay on the far lane, so if a cop comes near me, I can get off. And a cop merged on in front of me, and I just slowed down. I was like, that's oh. fucking it. That's it. And my brother-in-law hit the back of a cop car when they merged in front of him. So you oh, did better no. than him. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Man. I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. Rachel, thoughts? Now that, now, that, now that you've heard the second part of this story, what are your thoughts, Rachel? Well, I think she went perfectly with it. I think that she stuck with the little detail detailing that I did and like kept the feel of like a 17 year old talking and um i i love it and i do want to mention that i was pulled over in my mom's car when i was a teenager for expired tags and uh i was actually angry and very at your mom yeah <laughs> <laughs> fact that i got pulled over and i was uh snotty to the cop and <laughs> i'm like oh yeah that's where y'all get your money right is registration so of course you pulled me over <laughs> it's probably the cigarettes probably in my mom's office so so <laughs> so i do want but to I tell loved it. perfect i do want to tell one more story about being on the uh edge of 17 um mm-hmm. when i first started driving i had a honda prelude it was a 1989 prelude it was sleek it was beautiful it was black and no i'm not super old like i got this car in like 1999 or 1997 one of those two um so it was old already but it was sleek and it was mine and i could hit hills like the dukes of hazard and it was fucking great and one day i ran out of cigarettes at the same time that my oil light came on in my car so i had to choose between buying oil for my car or buying cigarettes and me being young and dumb i bought a pack of cigarettes (laughs) Four blocks later, my engine fucking exploded because I don't know how long that light was on. And I was sitting on the side of the road when my mom picked me up. And so I got in trouble for the car blowing up. I got in trouble because she didn't know I smoked at the age of 17. She was more upset about the smoking than she was about the car because the car was an 86 wreck. Um, It was an 86 Honda Prelude. How mad can you be? (laughs) Then then she sent me off to school my freshman year of college. She sends me off to school. And the car is just sitting in the driveway. And my brother's like, you know, you can probably get a tax write off. You, you know, give that to a tow yard or, or, or a charity or something. So she sent it to a tow yard. And then I come back home and find out she gave my car to a tow yard. And this is, again, when I was 17, the only thing I cared about were the big-ass speakers that I had in the trunk that she didn't take out before she donated my car. So my speakers were gone, and I had no car. And that was the edge of 17. Jeff, hearing two out of three (laughs) parts that came before you, how do you feel about your story now? 
I want to read the novel that's going to come out of our story because like there's a, <laughs> there's a deep dive to do into what Aunt Pat, like there's, yeah, there's stuff here. This is good. I, I want to know what the liqueur was, fa- was flavored as. I, 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 you see, I didn't say flavored, what flavor the LaCroix was, what the yes. LaCroix was flavored as. Because um, LaCroix is the only thing I know that has flavors like soothing citrus. Yeah. And it really just means a, a, a piece of orange that was about to fall asleep. Like it tastes like <laughs> nothing more than hopes and wishes. So, Liz. We have approached your part, and hearing the entire story up to yours, what's your thoughts thus far? I still think we're like right on the money. <laughs> I felt like when I heard Emily's part, zombies are like every zombies are kind of like ingrained to us now. Like we're all familiar with zombies. We've all heard kind of how the zombie thing plays out. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you're watching any kind of scary movies or zombie shows, you're like, why are you doing that? Why don't you do this? Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is what I would do. So it wasn't, this one wasn't, I was also a little worried about this. Like not, I don't know. Like I read, I don't write. So I was worried about how this is going to come out. And zombies was like my comfort zone. Like for instance, when I went on my first date with my husband in 2007, Mm-hmm. we went out to dinner and then he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I looked at him and I was like, do you like zombies? And then we went and wow. saw 28 weeks later. Oh, so, such a good movie. <laughs> so was that what it's, wait, is that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay. the second one. I think it's 28 the days. One. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. the second one. It was the second one. So oh. yeah, the, the zombie thing is like, we've all thought about what we would do. And then with walking dead, I know everyone's watched walking dead. You're mm-hmm. like, well, I had to stop watching it because the people freaked me out. Not mm-hmm. even the zombies right. anymore. People but um, stupid decisions. They were doing the stupidest stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, I quit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you're probably like, "Why are you doing that? Why don't you do this?" Because that's what we do. So it was kind of already like it had been in my brain for a while. So and then Emily kind of gave the perfect setup. So last thing I'm going to say about zombie movies was um, when the Dawn of the Dead, the the Zack Snyder cut. Uh, the Dawn of the Dead came out in 2004, whenever. My homeboy and I went and saw it. And we couldn't, we worked at that time. I had I had a daughter, so I worked. And I had my kids and every, or my child and everything. And so I wasn't able to make it out until like 10 o'clock. And so we go and we see the Dawn of the Dead at 10 o'clock at a movie theater that's in the middle of a huge shopping center. Of course, of course. And yeah. Oh no, you're in a mall. Yeah, We're in uh-huh. a mall. And so we leave out the mall and everybody's milling around and everything. When we get out the movie, it's like 11.58 and the fog is starting to settle in the area and it's dark and the ground is all wet with dew and that moisture and it's quiet and there's only, by the time we leave the theater, there's only like three cars in the area that we're parked at. And it was literally the worst decision I've ever made <laughs> to see a zombie movie. You're like, I was like, I will, sh- <laughs> I will shame you. If, 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 if a zombie comes at us, I will kick one of your feet into the other and feed you to them while I run. <laughs> I have realized just now that I am that person. Also, the, the Snyder cut of the Dawn of the Dead has quite possibly one of the greatest after credit scenes that I've ever seen in, the, in my entire life. Um, spoiler alert, the people who survive don't survive one. Right. Noted. Now, with that said, let's go ahead and let's get the Liz's part of this story. So this is part three of 
This is epic. Let's go. I opened my LaCroix just as my mom began to shout, Okay, everyone, listen up. We're going to figure this thing out. Sipping, I watched as everyone settled down, shushed kids, and hovered pens over paper, eyes on mom. Was I supposed to bring paper? I thought. How do they all know to bring paper? Is everyone group texting without me? First of all, mom started, moms of littles will stay here with Gary and Scott. We're in the process of covering the windows and doors with blankets and towels to contain the noise. You just do whatever it takes to keep your kids as quiet as possible. This is no time to be an all organic, no sugar mom. Keep those gummies flowing, ladies. At the first sign of anything, grab your kids and run upstairs. Gary and Scott will be at the top of the stairs with a small arsenal of guns. The staircase should be manageable for the two of them to keep the dead downstairs and the living upstairs. Mark is running to his house to grab a sledgehammer so they can just break the stairs from the landing if it comes to that. Any other questions can be directed to Suzanne. She's now the mom group leader. Suzanne, you stay put. The rest of you ladies can grab your kids and head upstairs to get situated. Suzanne will fill you in when we're done here. Mom paused to give them time to grab their kids and head out. These people listened to my mom better than I ever had. Who was this woman that could control an entire room of freaked out people? I looked to my right, saw some man I had never seen before, and said, That's my mom, pride welling in my eyes. She began to speak again. The rest of you will be in groups at different houses. It's about 15 per house, and Tim is sorting that out now, putting it all on the whiteboard to my right next to the table. Hopefully, it'll only be for a few days. At this point, Lacey raised her hand. Yes, my mom asked. Aunt Patty, can I be with Jen? No, mom cut her off. Was this bitch serious? No, you will be assigned a house. Everyone will be assigned a house. Your job is to stay alive long enough to get to safety. Mom stared at her pointedly, and Lacey looked as if she had just been kicked from the cool kids' table in junior high. Finally, Mom continued, our last group will be our feet on the ground, so to speak. They will make daily outings. A few will hit some stores and try to get some more food, water, supplies, things that may be hard to come by in the days that follow. A few more will use the blueprints down to the basement of the Capitol to load up on weapons. Guns, torpedoes, bombs, whatever they have, take it. Finally, the last few of the group will be in charge of boats. Each day, we'll load all the boats with as many of our people and supplies as we can and head to Three Mile Island. I heard the bridge was completely blocked with cars, so the zombies, or whatever they are, shouldn't be able to get past them very easily. We will work on a plan to collapse the bridge at some point, but for now, we should be able to get to the island, take out whatever few zombies made it there, and hunker down to ride this thing out. Mom clapped her hands together. Everyone understand? I looked around the room. Everyone else did the same. Lacey started to raise her hand, but seemed to second-guess herself and put it down quickly, glancing around sheepishly. Just as I was finding my name on the whiteboard, under the capital list, the Wilson window on the front door broke. I always told my dad he looked like Wilson from Home Improvement peering out that window to see who rang the bell. I heard moaning, and almost quicker than I could process what was happening, Brandon pulled a dagger from his side, stabbed Mr. Carter from down the street through the eye, knuckles deep in Carter's head, he yanked the thing out just as quickly. We heard Mr. Carter's body crumple to the ground outside. What the actual fuck? How is this happening? My head began to spin, and I realized there was no time to think. We had to do. We've got to get where we're going, people. 
I shouted, suddenly invigorated with an actual task to perform. My group was already strapping on tactical gear when my mom found me, hugged me, and said, Be careful, honey. You've got this. Any other time, I know I would have rolled my eyes and squirmed away from her, embarrassed, but this time, I squeezed her back and said, I love you. Then, I grabbed the blueprints as Brittany, Cody, Jamie, and I headed out. I'm driving, shouted Cody, leading us to his ridiculous jacked-up truck. Who needs a truck so high you can barely get in without a running start? In these circumstances, however, my little car looked like the absurd machine. He backed out of the driveway so fast the tires squealed and I was thrown forward. I heard several squish crunches and my head slammed back against the seat as he pushed the brakes. He steered the car back the way I had come from, headed to the Capitol. Stop! I suddenly shouted. I leapt from the car, fished my license and registration from the deputy's tight grasp, He had no head, but man, was he holding on to my papers as if his non-existent life depended on it. I hopped back into the car just as Jamie turned on Let the Bodies Hit the Floor by Drowning Pool, the perfect zombie hype song. Cody took off, steering his truck toward zombies, taking them down one after another, everyone shouting, to your right, left. The roads were full of crashed cars, debris, and bodies just beginning to twitch back to life. So Cody had to drive beside the road most of the way there. Once we got into the city, it was impossible to keep going into the truck. Cody put his keys under the passenger side mat just in case, and we composed ourselves. It was eerily still in the city. We made our way silently down the street, crouching behind cars and glancing around before making our way down the street a few more paces. A lone zombie wandered, almost pristine tie and button-down, sleeves rolled up, reminding us how quickly things could change. As we continued on, a buzzing sound grew louder. Jamie peeked around the corner of a building and saw dozens, maybe even hundreds of the things, roaming a dead-end street. I sneezed. Of course I sneezed. I hadn't taken my allergy medicine that day. We had no choice but to run for it. The capital was two blocks in that direction. The zombies had heard my sneeze and began dragging their way towards us, arms outstretched. As I ran across the street, I saw one in the front trip over a large suitcase and several more followed suit, falling like dominoes. Thank God, I thought. We ran straight to the capital and easily avoided or took down the few zombies in our path. These things were slow. My heart stilled as Cody tried the first door, then the second and the third, all locked. I looked back to see the herd rounding the corner towards us. Slow as they were, they were closing in. This one, Jamie shouted, pulling open the last door and holding it open while we all ran in. He locked it behind him, even though I was pretty sure a zombie couldn't figure out to pull a door towards him to open it. And we made our way through the second set of doors, again locking it behind us. Once we were in, we turned around and we were surprised to see... What? <laughs> That's what you give me, right? <laughs> That's mean. I like it. Yeah. Hey, confession time. That was my husband's idea. So I read him my part, and my daughter and I were sitting there looking at him, and we were both like, "What? Surprised to see what?" And he was like, "Yeah, exactly." <laughs> I thought it was perfect. Liz, what were you thinking? Oh, and also, before we go into it. No, Liz, what were you thinking? I, I was just thinking we needed, I had to kind of get the the ball rolling and kind of almost get it to where we could conclude it. So I had to put a plan in motion. I had to be like at the planning stage. And I was like, what would I do? And I was thinking, I live in South Louisiana. I would go to Grand Isle, which is 
like a sandbar type situation off the coast of Louisiana, you get to a five bridge. That seems like the safest place to go for me. If you're get, trying to get away from zombies. You know, <laughs> I was just in Louisiana. Oh, really? Did you stop by? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, I'm from California. And so we went uh, to New Orleans uh, for Christmas break and went on a cruise. And then we went to Cafe Du Monde and Dini's and all that stuff in New Orleans. Um, if a zombie had attacked, I think I, I would have been fucked. <laughs> Because we didn't even really know how to get out of the French Quarter. Like, we were like, okay, we're here. But these these blocks are so tiny and it's so compacted that it seemed like, I don't know, beautiful place. Loved it. Which which part? Um, beautiful place. Did you smell it? Does your nose right? work? Do you have COVID? See, <laughs> that was the question I was going to, that, that was the statement I was going to make. Beautiful place. I love to visit. I don't know if I would live there. Um, it looked historical. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a, a term. Yeah, that's a thing you can say. <laughs> Which I can appreciate. It looked historical. And um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's wild. For the listeners who have never been in New Orleans, it is literally a tale of two cities. Uh, because the French Quarter looks like the levees hit it. And the other side is all skyscrapers and bullshit. <laughs> so emily now that you've heard liz's part what do you think i love that you i love the the because i don't have kids so i hadn't thought about like actually like moving like what you would do if the entire neighborhood was like in a place and like what if a mom was in charge because like none of these zombie shows ever put a mom in charge so like and it's like if you want someone who's going to be able to like boss around like 30 or 40 people who are all panicking put someone mm-hmm. who's got like three kids under three in charge because they're going to know yes. what to do and so like i love the fact that you were like here's what's going to happen no yes no yes and it was like I was like oh perfect this is wonderful this is exactly what I've always daydreamed about like a zombie like story or zombie like apocalyptic scenario it's just kind of like you need either a kindergarten teacher or a mom with three young kids and it's like Uh perfect it was perfect I loved it you know you said the mother-daughter relationship was that's why you had been thinking about that and I immediately thought I was like oh she's gonna love the part where she she turns to her neighbor and says, that's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part. Well, two things that I really did love. I mean, I love the entire segment, obviously, but two things that made me smile. One, um, can I go with? No, no, you can <laughs> Because you know some bitch would ask that. Hey, yes. I want to be with my friend. No, shut up. Because if I do, if I let you pick, then this person's going to pick. And then it's become a shit show and I'm in charge here. That sounds just <laughs> about right. Can I go stay at? No. 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 Ask me one more. I double dog dare you. Ask me one more time. <laughs> ask me. Come on. I'm going to sit right here and be real quiet. Ask me. Go ahead and ask me. And then your kids get that look on their face like, is this a trap? Or does he want yes, me to ask trap. him? It's a trap. It's definitely a trap. It's a trap. Well, can no, motherfucking go to bed. But it's, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. But you asked again. Um, the second thing that stood out to me in a standout story in a standout episode was the fact that you went back for the license and the paper. Yeah. 
from that deputy. I, I was it. like, she said, I'm going to need that back. Gonna need I, it back. Like, I, I got to get it back. <laughs> Can I just say, let the bodies hit the floor by drowning pool. I lost it. I lost it. Oh my gosh. Um, it's clear, Liz, you've run this through your head like a lot. You've, yeah. lived, you've you lived know what? This. Anxiety. Anxiety is good for something. <laughs> I you got know. LASIK for the, I told my husband I needed LASIK. And my reasoning was if no. zombies attack, I'm not going to have time to change my fucking contacts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my whole reason. And there I got you go. It. I mean, <laughs> Do you There's need to a talk, lot, Liz. Are you the logic okay? Is sound. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that go into planning for a zombie attack, and I have just come to the conclusion that I would probably get bitten in my sleep. So what <laughs> I do now is I lock the bedroom door, and I tell my kids, "If you need me, you better call me on the phone because my door is locked." Um, because again. That same zombie movie, Dawn of the Dead. The first motherfucker in the house who got killed was the father whose five-year-old daughter had become a zombie and ran into their room at top speed and jumped on his neck and bit him. He was the first person in the family to die. Ever since then, I've locked the door to my room at night. Not while my kids were little, but once they became like 10 and were able to wake up and do their own breakfast and all that kind of shit, started locking my door in the morning. You're not going to okay, get me that I'm way, Satan. Emily. I don't like those running zombies. There's no, no. reason for a zombie to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None. I, I, feel like, I feel like it's unfair. The zombies can literally run faster than I can. And the mm-hmm. only way I get to become Usain Bolt is to die. I think yeah. that's fucked up. It is. And it really there is. There's other ways for it to happen because they don't get tired. And you're right, Emily. How the fuck are they breathing? How are they moaning? How are they How moaning? Do- are I've they never thought about that before. Why? I've never thought about it, but the- yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try this real quick. You can't moan without taking a breath. No. Like literally, <laughs> listeners, listeners, if you're if you're listening, first of all, thank you so much. If you're listening on Spotify, just go ahead and tap that that star button underneath the show and leave a review. Open your mouth. Be sure to not take a breath. That's hard in itself. But once you open your mouth, try and fucking moan. You can't do it. And your body will literally rebel against you and try and draw on a breath while you're trying to get that moan out. And it is fucking impossible. I didn't know that till just now, Emily. How the fuck did you know that, Emily? <laughs> okay, can I can I say something kind of weird? Yeah, oh, my, yes, please. My, my best, one of my best friends in college, her dad was in the original Dawn of the Dead. George Romero was her godfather. No. Oh my yeah. God. And I'd never seen any of the movies because I'm chicken shit. So she was like, all right. She locked me in her apartment and we watched all of it. Like her dad was in the original one and like he was in the Zack Snyder one too. And I was just kind of like, this is, this is what your family like did. This is like terrifying. Like my mom's a teacher. Like what the hell? And I was so confused. And, but, th- and then I was like, wait a second, something doesn't add up. Uh, and I started like asking, cause my brain works of like, well, okay. how do they do this? Well, how do they do this? And she's like, shut up. It's a freaking They're movie. just zombies. They're They're just just zombies. <laughs> I so, hate that answer. It's just a movie. Oh, yeah. No. Your brain, Emily, I can tell you, I listened to one of your episodes the other day. I listened to Ready Player One. Oh, and golly. I actually liked Ready Player One. And then y'all start picking it apart. And I'm like, well, that is a good point. Well, that is a good point. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't that's... think about that. And I'm like, this bitch here. 
But that's, the fact, like, I, I actually enjoyed this this book, and now I just don't. Sorry. That's a fuckboy elite <laughs> Hall of Fame book right there. I can it say. Is. I, you know, you know. I, not did, I don't know anything about 80s pop culture. So, like, none of that, like, like sent, like, alarm bells going because I just mm-hmm. don't know anything about it. And I honestly thought that half of it was made up. I have no idea. I and- made it better. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it. So I didn't have time to dwell on it. I listened to it when I was driving, like on a road trip. So I didn't have time to be like, well, that doesn't quite make sense because then Will Wheaton's voice is like continuing on with the story. So I don't know, but I was like, she just, she just ran this book. What the fuck? I, 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 I fully agree. I've read that book and I've seen the movie and I've also read tons of thoughts about the book. And yeah. That dude, the author, the author literally embodied himself in the care in the main character, and both of them are immense pieces of shit. Uh. <laughs> do you think it was rather convenient that he always knew what to do? But eh. <laughs> that's not how storytelling works. You don't always know what to do. That's you're where right. conflict you. comes from. You're right. You're right. Hey, that's you what girl. you learn while doing this. Conflict hey, comes from not girl. knowing what to do. Who, who, hey, you girl, who I've lusted over because I saw you on the interwebs. You're chunky. You you. <laughs> Let's chunky. not digress too far into this unless you want to give me more stuff. Like, cut out the audio, give <laughs> it to me, and I'll post it. Because. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. All right, we're off topic. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so, with no, no further ado, Jeff, Jeff, I need to know how close this Close out this story. I know. And uh, Jeff, before we begin, any last words? Uh, buckle up. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see what comes up. Nothing, nothing to say till, uh, till the singing's done. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. With no further ado, here's the conclusion of the story brought to us by Jeff. One single zombie, or dead guy or something. I've, I have no idea what to call them. And this one is staring right at me. I'm taken by his gaze, his gaze, its gaze. Oh, gosh, there's just, there's too much to think about. It's, it's almost as if time has frozen for this instant closer to death than I ever even imagined possible. Why isn't he moving? Why isn't he killing me? I can smell the flinty odor of fear. Is that coming from me, Brittany? No, no. I'll, it's got to be Cody. <laughs> Anyone with a truck like his is hiding something and is scared almost all the time. It feels like it's been 10 minutes just staring into this zombie's eyes. Why isn't he killing me? Why isn't anyone moving? I hear the loud click of the second hand on the old wall clock to my left. Who even uses Clocks like that anymore, I ask. Well, thank God there's still power. That means there's still hope. I can't stop looking into his eyes. Those cold, dead, deep, deep blue eyes. Those eyes that have a flicker in them. A flicker that can't possibly be there. Click. Another second passes. I must have more adrenaline coursing through my veins than blood at this point. I am fully entranced by the look of the look of life in this zombie, the look of yes, the look of humanity. 
Suddenly, time snaps back to normal as Jamie screams. Brittany snaps back her baseball bat while Cody did, did he? Oh God. Yeah, he did. Cody, Cody just wet his pants. Ah, he's blubbering like a child slowly, almost so slowly that I thought time was still frozen for me. The zombie raises his hands as if in a peace offering. This didn't stop Brittany though. She swung that bat like she was Hank Aaron going up against Don Drysdale. Go back to the hell you came from, you motherfucker! The dull thud of the bat against the desk was deafening. She put her all into that swing, and she... She missed. Oh, shit, I say. This... This is when we die. But the zombie stood there, hands up, looking at us calmly. He must have worked nearby he he was in a recently dry cleaned gray suit with a blue paisley tie looked pretty nice actually the zombie just looked Brittany in the eye and said i understand your frustration wait what did he just say so did he just say something he did he continued it seems only a few moments ago everyone was just living their lives but that's all over now isn't it Cody starts crying. What to do? What to do? Seems the whole world is in a tizzy. We were shocked. Dumbfounded. No one knew what to do, what to say. Finally, words escaped my lips like a mumble in the middle of a sermon. Are, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm staring a living dead guy in the eyes and all I can ask is... Are you okay? Oh, God. What is wrong with me? The zombie is... God, is he even a zombie? Well, the zombie just looks at me and chuckles. Am I okay? Oh, you are so thoughtful. Truly a shame it has all come to this. Come to what? I wonder. The words that slipped away from me were, were gone. Now my tongue felt as if it were made of sandpaper. We began the experiments decades ago. We never wanted to hurt anyone. Well, not everyone. But we just couldn't get it right. And then the accident happened. Like a gift from the gods, really. But, but why? I eked out. Cody was a crying mess. Jamie and Brittany stood with their jaws agape. Well, to perfect humanity, of course. The path is messier than we had hoped. The, um, zombie phase is, is unexpected. But for those that survive it long enough, they will transcend as I have. The hell they will, Brittany yelled. We have a plan. We're organized. We won't let this happen. Oh, yes. <laughs> Your plan. If you think that pathetic idea of Patty's is going to work. Oh, yes. I know about your mother and all the others. <laughs> really, they've just made our job all the easier. What What do you mean, your job? Jamie finally spoke up. We will need food in the coming era, yes. Yes, an unfortunate development, that. But, but nothing satisfies quite like the awful of your pathetic, outdated human bodies. Patty has already separated everyone out into breeding groups. <laughs> Even broke them apart into different houses. You monsters! Brittany screams. No, my pet, no. It is not we who are the monsters, but you. And in due time, your kind will forget these times. 
You will lose your dreams and my people will thrive. This is happening all across the earth at this very moment. So tell me, would you like to choose your breeding house or shall I assign you to one? I couldn't talk. I couldn't breathe. My mind shattered at the thought of this world he was describing. And now I tell this story to you and ask that you tell it to your children as my mother told me and her father told her. So our times are not forgotten. So our dreams do survive. Tomorrow I'll be sent out on the feeding troughs. My time is over, but our story lives on through you. The fuck were you thinking, Jeff? That went a little Not in dark. a bad way either. What right. were you thinking? I loved it. No, well, I, I loved it. It was perfect. I love that you brought up the the Snyder cut, right, of Dawn of the Dead, because that last scene of the island yes. right there, right? Because, Liz, you put this in a place. You put it with Three Mile Island, and I want to do this whole thing about how people screw everything up all the time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I only had, like, five minutes to do it. And so I had that Three Mile Island in my head, and then I had the island from Dawn of the Dead, and then I just watched Don't Look Up um, on Netflix. And so I had great, this just existential, movie. yeah, this existential feeling of dread <laughs> with me anyway. And so that's kind of what, what I was thinking with the whole thing. So, um, I felt it. <laughs> <The> existential <laughs> dread. Yeah. So, also with your voice, it just felt like a, like a Christopher Lee monologue at the end of like every like terrifying science fiction movie he's ever been in where he's just like, I'm going to bring down the room and like yeah. tell you in my soothing voice. And why do we always think British people are so much smarter than us? Right. Well, so that's the funny thing. I'm not, I can't do voices. Like, you'll know, I, the zombie had like three or four different versions of the voice. So it was just supposed to be like soft and whatever. But yeah, I like, like subconsciously like, made what do it you British. think y'all doing? Right. <laughs> Have a spot of tea with your guts. Always. If I'm trying to be intelligent, I got to get British. Totally. (laughs) So, um, Rachel, hearing how the entire story went, what are your thoughts? Wow. That's, um, I I liked the, the wrap up. It was like, made the story have a clarity. Mine felt kind of mindless. And then it like sharpened as it went along. Hmm. Like, I liked it. Good job. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, I... Wait, wait, wait. Emily, what were your thoughts on Jeff's uh, segment? I really appreciate first that you made Cody like a complete and total baby. (laughs) I could not. It made me so happy. And and, and then like the, the actual dread I felt when Brittany swung and missed, like you had such excellent little moments of peril building up to not even um, like normally you expect like the climax of a story. It's usually when like one force overcomes another force and you kind of like skipped it altogether. And you just went like, I'm not even going to show you that. And I'm just going to show you the fact that like the drama isn't in the first battle. It's in, it's in the long struggle. And I really, really love that. Thanks. I just want to urge each and every one of y'all. If you're curious to know how this story continues out, I would like to urge each and every one of y'all to go to Netflix or Vudu or wherever you want 
and um, watch the sequel to this story that they just wrote entitled I Am Legend, starring Will Smith. <laughs> right. Where it <laughs> is <laughs> 100 years down the line and all the people are fucking gone except for Will. And then it turns out that he's literally the monster that they were talking about. He's the legend because he's killing them now. Ding, ding, ding. Right, right. <laughs> that was that, a good movie. I don't watch a whole lot of movies, but I did see that one because I didn't like zombies. So I did see that one, but I don't, I honestly like all, all the podcasts that I'm like pod friends with, mm-hmm. they all, it seems like a lot of them talk about movies and what's on Netflix right now. And I don't watch a lot of TV. So I can't ever, I'm always like, eh. Like, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> Citizen Kane again. I'm a real boy. Like, Rosebud. People, people mention Citizen Kane, and I'm like, yeah. Exactly. Actually, <laughs> somebody asked me, what are your thoughts on Citizen Kane? And I had never been put on the spot before. And I have a movie podcast on top of all these other podcasts. And so they were like, what's your thoughts on Citizen Kane? And I was like, you know what? To be completely honest, I've never watched it. I was like, I have a rule that I don't watch movies set before my family was able to sit in the front of the bus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they were like, yeah, but you're missing the big point. And I was like, no, I think you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, no. Exactly. The <laughs> yeah, only movie from year... that era that I'll watch is The Wizard of Oz because they don't have any Black people in there, so we're fine. <laughs> Last year, my New Year's resolution was to watch more movies. So I found this list like on BuzzFeed or something of like 100 movies to watch in your lifetime. So it was like mm-hmm. new movies and some old movies. And I watched some of, I, I watched probably 60 of them. Okay, really, okay. This was during pandemic and I only watched 60 of them. So that tells you how much I watch movies. So every time we watched it, I'm like cringing and I'm like, how is this a movie? Because it's, they're so racist. Mm-hmm. So racist. Yeah. I'm like, how, who, this got past like everybody. This was okay. Yep. And my husband's just like, yeah, different time. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. and a lot of those movies are literal classics now. Like, like I know people who love them and I'm like, you know what? Just don't have me on those episodes because I don't have a lot to say and nothing you want to hear. I've never watched them. Like it's literally the only two movies I watched from that era are Wizard of Oz and Imitation of Life. Those are and and Carmen Jones, which is an opera starring Dorothy Dandridge. Oh, Um, and one of the things that I found out about Carmen Jones, because I went and found the soundtrack on uh, Spotify, was that even though the songs were all they took an opera, Carmen, and they gave it a black cast, Harry Belafonte, Dorothy Dandridge. It's a really great movie. Until you see the names of the songs, and instead of they, they put day, and instead of them, they put dim, and all that, and I was like, we were so fucking close. Like, (laughs) we were right there! But, I digress. This story was perfect. And it was I, so far from what I imagined the ending to be. That's what I was going. Honestly, that's what I like. My whole goal and everything. Loved it. Was mm-hmm. I want no one to have guessed this? But like with the ending and whatever, like I want to know if Aunt Patty was in on this, right? Did she know? And she was actually doing this on purpose? Is this like a deep seated thing that's been going on for a long time? Like I think there's like more to. Un- there really is more to unpack here. 
Emily, Liz, Rachel, get on that. Meanwhile, Jeff, <laughs> I appreciate you taking this story where no one has gone before. But we do. Oh. When we live long and we prosper, right? We are always seeking out new life. <laughs> so um, I would like to thank you all again for joining me for this episode. I do hope and, and, and sincerely wish that you will all join me again for future episodes. I do have an fun. idea, yeah. which I will talk with y'all about in just a moment. But I do want to ask y'all, uh, now that you're done, um, and to quote The Princess Bride, which is a movie you should watch, Liz. It's one of my favorites. And <laughs> I've watched actually, that one. <laughs> actually, it was on the list. <laughs> actually, the book, I, I know, this the book is, this the book dude in me. You know what I'm going to say? The, the book, book is better? The book is better in the movie. Because the book... <laughs> has more substance in it like they had to cut out complete sections of the book in order to make it into a movie there's a part where they go through the zoo of death in the book that you know what fuck it i will save it for a ratchet book club <laughs> look gone girl the the movie really good movie the book 27 million times better and there's a book for gone girl Oh yeah! Oh my God, it's, it's terrifying. It is amazing. Everything she does gives you a book hangover. It is crazy. Oh my! So good. God. You need to go read it right now. What are you doing? Yeah. Get up. Okay. <laughs> uh, for sure. You know what? I'm at that. Um, but yes, to quote one of the characters, Count Rugen from uh, The Princess Bride. Um, tell me how you feel, and remember, this is for posterity. So be honest. No, I we'll start the with. Rachel, because you're the one who started off the story. Rachel, what were your thoughts about the final story? I really liked how it ended up. I I, I was listening and wrapped attention. I, I like how it like flipped around to like the zombies really were the superior species. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Emily? Thanks for having me. Here, you you know there was nowhere else I'd, I you know what there was no one else I wanted on this show more than you at this point in time. Well, I'm glad I could. I'm glad I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, what were your thoughts on the overall story? Uh, towards myself, I'm mad that I cut out the violin because I feel like that would have added a nice extra weapon. note. Yeah, a weapon. I was thinking like Peter panning the zombies at, but I did. I'm sorry, like us. St. Patrick, what you know what I mean? Uh, uh, didn't, but didn't. Alas, I love how it ended. I love all the details in the middle. Everybody had such richer detail to the story than I actually like thought possible for an exercise like this. And I'm just so impressed with how everybody did this in a really short period of time. Mm -hmm. And like the creative muscles that everybody flexed were like super impressive. And uh, Rachel, if you don't start writing, I'm going to be mad at you because you're really, <laughs> really good. <laughs> right. <laughs> On so many different levels. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Like, Whew. Liz, what were your thoughts on the story? I thought we did so good. I thought that our story actually flowed together really well. And my favorite thing about a story is a twist. And um, is this like, is this like a Planet of the Apes situation? Is that how Planet of the Apes went? Like the apes <laughs> yes. were like superior? <laughs> right. <laughs> I totally, no one's ever done that before. That's never been done. This is groundbreaking. <sighs> I, love it. I, I just can't wait until one of the zombies is like, oh, 
I learned I could run today. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm just sprinting after You can everybody. run and you don't have to worry about ever being out of breath. You could run infinitely. <laughs> and they're moaning like this. <laughs> also, also, because the zombies can talk, which again, they're not fucking breathing, but they can talk. One zombie just stands outside and says, let me into your house. I'm not a zombie, you see, but man. <laughs> I am man. He also has like Bible speech. Right. Yep. <laughs> Mark, it is I. Yes. It is and I. They can travel like underwater. They can go down to the deep trenches we've never explored before. Totally. They can go into outer space, like endless, endless possibilities. <sighs> So, so pretty soon they're going to learn that if they ram their head against the door, it sounds like a knock. So all of a sudden you got. <laughs> Hello. I like how you're making them like kind of stupid, but also like way smarter than us. Right. Like you like to Dickens know about character. our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, fellow humans. How's the humaning today? No, we did great. I, I'm very impressed with us. <laughs> Your mother said you had Pirelli tires you'd like to sell. <laughs> Open okay. the door. Do you have Pirelli discuss? tires, Emily? No. <laughs> Subaru. <laughs> Do you wave at other Subaru drivers? <laughs> no, that's, that a thing? <laughs> that's a thing here. That's a thing in Oregon, of, too. It is, but, yeah. Like motorcyclists. This is the way. Yeah. Well, here in Oregon, almost every other person has a Subaru That's or a true. Prius. You're so, just waving yeah. all the time. Exactly. <laughs> this is how you drive. Yes. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Jeff, what were your thoughts overall? So I, I'm so impressed with all of us. Again, like I feel like we we maintained like character throughout. Like there's a through line of character in there and the level of detail. I've listened to quite a few of the storytellers episodes and they're all so amazing and awesome. But I think the ours has this level of cohesion that like I don't think any of them have have had. Like I really feel like this is a full and complete story. Exactly. Exactly. And I have heard a lot of the episodes, maybe even all of them. Um, and maybe possibly, <laughs> possibly. Um, and when I say I am thoroughly impressed and just please, like I had to have, if, if you are like me, Beyonce said it once, if you jump to put your jeans on, if you don't jump to put your jeans on, you don't know my pain right now. <laughs> I am sitting here struggling with my facial muscles because I want to grin throughout this entire fucking process and I feel my muscles twitching like they want to <laughs> smile and yet I have to stop smiling so I'm like forcing my muscles to fucking relax this was magical <laughs> and Rachel to think this was your 10th attempt and you you sent me a message that was like, you know what? This is it. This this is what I got for you. Ten, ten times so a charm. It sounded so despondent that I was just like, oh shit. Like, okay, this is gonna be the first time I'm gonna have to edit somebody's shit out. And I feel badly because this is my friend, and I don't know how to tell her that her story was in the wrong format, so I deleted it on accident, and we're going to have to start from scratch. And then I listened to it, and it was like, the fuck were you worried about? 
oh god it was the best um oh can i can i read this rachel can i read this real quick okay i hope this is okay <laughs> dot 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 it's five minutes i realized that i'm not very good at telling a story oh i started and deleted like 10 times and did you see my response to you yes nisha and i listened to it and i think it's phenomenal you did an I excellent that, job. I was, I was, my face hurt from smiling after that. But I was still, I'm, I was still nervous. What everybody else would do with it, and I'm like, what are you gonna do with that? I mean, I guess they're gonna go do something. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I just didn't. I just don't have faith in myself. That's all. I have and all I, the I, faith I, in the world. Yeah. And like I tell my kids on my basketball team, um, if you have half the confidence in yourself that I have in you you're going to be a cocky motherfucker. Um, and it's stuff like this. It just proves that. And it's also stuff like this that proves the motto of the show, which is anyone can tell a story. Um, I would like to thank y'all for joining me for this episode. Listeners, if you'd like to leave a review for not just my show, but also the shows that were involved in the making of this story it's really simple to do uh go to spotify underneath the name of their podcast there's this little button it's a push notification sort of thing you could push that and you can give them a five-star rating it takes like 13 seconds i'm not joking it's literally that simple and that quick um i will have all of the names of the shows of course in the show notes so you're able to follow them on twitter you're also able to find their shows um emily i do have to ask the last time i checked with you on fuck around and find out your show was primarily youtube wasn't it i'm mostly on patreon now uh but i do put up uh you know half to most of the episodes for free wherever anybody listens but if you want the whole thing it's gonna cost you a buck a month (laughs) a dollar people a dollar for this excellence and i mean we all owe her a dollar just for taking down ready player one the way that ready player (laughs) one need to be taken apart so um i do want to thank each and every one of y'all for joining me for this episode thanks for having us yeah totally (laughs) i had so much fun this is i like doing creative stuff but i you know i don't get an outlet to do a whole lot of it anymore and this has been so fun well, just wait until I tell you what the follow-up is. Uh, I think that y'all are going to have a blast. Um, so if you want to leave a review for this show, again, you can leave a review on Spotify. I thank you so very much for that. It's easy and it's quick. Um, after that, you can go to Podchaser, leave a review, copy and paste that in the Apple Podcasts, copy and paste that in the Good Pods. Takes you literally like seven to eight minutes if you do a speech-to-text recording on google docs this is the lazy way of leaving a review i've done it tons of times you can do it too i have faith in you thank you to everybody who's listened to us on good pods as well as on pod chaser apple hi um you can also leave a voicemail at 916-633-1537 and you can email the show at either storytellerspod at gmail.com or at wretched and ratchet at gmail.com and last but not least, you can follow the show on Twitter. The Twitter name is Story Tailspin. That is spelled just like the Disney show, OEO. 
So Story Tailspin is the Twitter feed. You can follow us there. Or again, you can follow Ratchet Book Club. Either way it goes, I thank you. Thank you all so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. I'm going to holler at you later. Peace. Theme music for storytellers was provided by Revolution Void, and it's called Someone Else's Memories. You can find it at the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.